you quiet. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm going over the show notes. I'm going over. I'm going over the show notes. Sorry, sorry. I was trying to get into the right headspace. Uh, you look know? up and it's all mm-hmm. quiet. So, welcome everybody to another Magic City podcast. I was quiet at the beginning, I'm sorry. I usually throw out a crazy question. Um, for those of you tuning in for the first time on YouTube, thank you for joining us. For everybody that's tuning in, our 199 streaming services. Okay. Uh, we are on all the big ones. Apple, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible. We're like crypto now, you know. We're taking a little dive. <laughs> we're taking a dive. We're taking a dive. You know, <laughs> you know we'll come back up. We take a dive when we come no back. <laughs> we are also, um, if you follow any one of our profiles under Magic City Comics, uh, the link tree. We are. It'll guide you to all the streaming services. We are also on Pod Beam. No. Beam. 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 Frijol. Beam. <laughs> I hate you guys. I love how when he's sure and yeah. he's. <laughs> He's like thinking about is it N or is it M? Is it N or is it M? I hate you guys. So, for those of you tuning in for the first time, we are Paul Magic City Comics, George Marvel Poppy, and I'm Jimmy Jmart Collectibles. And today we're going to talk about something sad that's happened in the industry. But before that, we have to address it, man. It's it's an ongoing thing that I guess we'll we not have die. to address it. Yes. We'll if, not if we, die if we don't address it. Then it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. We won't know until we don't address it. I'm not going to take that risk because I'm the one that has to deal with them, okay? <laughs> All right, Paul. You have to deal with who? The algorithm gods. The algorithm gods must be appeased. They, yeah, they do. So they, make must sure to be, hit, they must be shouted out. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notification button so you know when we um, drop podcasts on Mondays and Thursdays. And yeah. then the algorithm gods will be happy yes. and content. Yes. Very much so. So... All right, so transitioning from algorithm gods to legends, yes. I would call them. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we actually lost two uh, major legends in the comic book community. Yep, uh, Neil Adams passed away on April 28th at the age of 80, and George Perez passed away May 6th at the age of 67. Right. Yeah. Yeah, to, if you know comics, you know them. Whether right. if you don't know them, you'll know their artwork. They're titans of the industry, man. Yeah. Like, they are probably, like, what people would call godfathers. Yeah. Like, you know, they were all-encompassing. They were there at the beginning. They were there in transitions. They created um, revolutionary artwork at the time, you yeah. know, just because of the storylines attached to them. Um, no, today we're just going to talk about some of our favorite pieces. We could literally have a podcast for four hours minimum talking about all their notable works their contributions what they did for the comic book industry overall but these are just some of our favorites and some of our personal shout outs so please um if we don't mention it let us know in the dms let us know in the comments something that you feel should have been called out but these are just our favorites some of our favorites and this is kind of like you know like a tribute to, to to the two legends that we lost so yeah and then um i mean let's start with uh neil adams he passed away at 80 years old. One of the funniest, and everybody I think will agree with me on this, <clears throat> no matter what comic convention you went to, if Neil Adams was there, Homeboy had the biggest goddamn booth. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> like you literally had to walk through all his tables to get to him. It was like a a threshold to get to Neil Adams. Yeah, I mean he he set up multiple, multiple tables. I mean he he you know he must have taken up, you know, four or five, maybe six, seven, eight of the of the booth spaces. But yeah, when when he set up, he set up. Yeah. And he had a little bit of everything. He had classic covers, he had covers that he had done homages to he had some of his original art sometime on display. Yeah. I mean, the guy was always there, and I think his, his wife was always with him. Yeah, she was. And he was, I mean, every time you walk by, he's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Drawing, writing, talking to people. He would always interact with the fans. You could always go up to him and have a conversation, and he was a talker. Yeah, he was. He was a talker. I remember every time I see him, he had the blue button-down shirt with the tie and the brown jacket. Yes. Like, that was, like, his, like, I re- all he needed was a little hat, and he'd belong in the 1950s. Yep. So. That's awesome. I never saw him at a con, but back then, I wasn't, I wasn't going to cons. I think I'd only gone to, like, one or two cons. Yeah. No, no, but he was a talker, and he did have the biggest presence. Um, another thing that he did that he was noteworthy for in the industry, he was a champion for creative rights. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he actually made, so Paul, you could talk about this better, but it has to deal with Superman and the creators and the families. Yeah, so if, if you guys know the story, when uh, Schuster and Siegel created Superman, they sold their rights to DC for like some stupid amount of money, you know, back in the 30s and the 40s, you know, w- nobody expected Superman to become a billion dollar franchise. Right. And DC owned the sole rights to him. So Neil Adams was one of the champions, but, you know, there were other people involved that were able to get the two creators of Superman their rights, you know, to their estate because they had passed away yeah. by the time that happened. And I think it was by the time that the, one of the one of the early uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movies came out. Yeah. So they were actually given credit. That's why when you see a Superman movie, it says created by uh, Siegel and, uh, and Schuster. But he was, uh, he, was, he was hugely important in getting them... The rights that they deserved. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just um, for them. Like, he was responsible for changing the way artists were paid on comics. Yes. Like, in their series and, and how, the, how the royalties were paid out and stuff. And protection for them. Correct. Because, right. you know, back in the day when you were drawn, you were done drawing. That's it. You got no more money. Right. Yeah, it was like a work for hire. So, right. it's like, yeah, the company owned it, not you. Yeah, you couldn't even keep your original art. <clears throat> yeah. The funny thing is, though, there was a huge case regarding this and intellectual property with companies. This uh, gentleman, I know through a third party, like he worked at Barbie and he came up with the idea of the brat stalls. But since he thought about it while he worked at Barbie, he left Barbie and he went to go uh, create the brat stalls, which became a billion dollar industry in yep. of itself. Barbie sued him for those rights. They're like, no, you made it. You created it under our watch. It's ours. And Barbie won. Yeah. Because it's like, you work for us and any ideas, and it is, I mean, however you feel about it, you signed that contract, so. Right. Yeah. So he actually lost all the rights to Brad Stalls and they went over to Barbie. Yeah. Right. Never insane. never work on your ideas under someone else's time. Right. Is the moral of the story. No, but even if you're not on the clock, you know, if you're at home right now. That's fine. Make sure you, you, you make those dates, you know, yeah, mark them correctly. Clear. Right. Yeah, Don't yeah. date them until you're gone. If right. you ever have, if you ever have an idea, guys, a quick way to establish the date of it is send yourself a letter. Yep, with the information in there because they'll have the mailage postage stamp. Right. Date. Just don't open it. Yeah, when you get it, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be like, what did I sent myself a week ago. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, Neil Adams, like we said, we could be here for hours, but he did have some insane and iconic uh, covers that he did, and we're just going to talk about a couple of those. One of my personal favorites was the Treasury Comics Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great one. And so one if you guys ever see it, Superman fighting Muhammad Ali in a boxing ring. But just look at the detail. If you look around, you see the Johnny Carsons, the David Leathermans, uh, you know, the Ed McMahons, the Batmans. You see JFK. Telly Savalas. You see all these iconic figures from the time just sitting in the ring watching. Around the ring. Yeah, the spectators, yeah. So it was was great. That's one of my favorite covers. He actually had the... He had that original art in one of the shows I went to. I think he had a he had like a recreation that he did, uh-huh. and I was there while he was explaining how he did it. And he said that the, he still owned the original cover to that treasury, that he had it in a safe somewhere. Yeah. So when do you think that's gonna come out in a heritage auction? Oh, <laughs> I honestly, I I really hope it doesn't. Like those are the pieces that belong in a museum, or in in, in the Library of Congress. Like those are iconic pieces that. Just shouldn't be put in a collection and just stowed away somewhere. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but we all know money talks. True. But I think those are some of, like, as a community, as an industry, those are, like, some of those pieces that are just so iconic that need to be seen by the community and the fans. We can have both. The mega rich person who doesn't need the money buys it, donates it to the museum. There you go. There you go. It's a tax write-off. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think we can have it both ways. So whoever's out there, whatever crypto whales, you want to get your money out of crypto, that's a good one. I think one. the crypto whales have turned into crypto guppies. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's still crypto whales that are taking their money off of the exchange yeah. just to protect it. They have lost a trillion dollars of value no, since it's, it's crazy. January. Right. Mm-hmm. A trillion dollars. That's nasty. But you know what else is nasty? The iconic covers that they created. George, what's one of your favorites from Neil Adams? Um, I'm gonna go with Batman 251. And for people that don't know that, that's one. the one that's got the Joker on the cover, and he's got uh, he's got his hand out on Batman's on the playing card, mm-hmm. like he's stuck to the playing card. That's a very cool cover, iconic, kind of creepy. Yeah. But the whole Joker, you know, Joker is like playing with Batman over the skyline, over the Gotham City, very cool cover. Yeah. What about you, Paul? One of my favorites is Batman 227, which is an homage to Detective Comics 31, which is considered the the gothic cover. And how does the gothic cover look? You got like sad Batman in the background. <laughs> and you got like some little cloud cover. And I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah he's, like, he's like looking over like a mountain, right? Like he's looking over like a mountain, that's a right? Cool, that's a really cool cover. Yeah, I mean, the, the, way, the way he interpreted that cover and the way he homaged it was, I think, spectacularly done. Yeah. No, no, it's great cover, and it's been homaged several times. Oh, after. yeah. What's another one for you, Paul? Uh, one that I saw that I I like it because of the character is Strange Adventures 207. Ah, okay. Dead Man. Dead Man, nice. That's the one that is, he's, he's, it's got like a green Flipping? background. No, that's the one that's got like a green background, and then Dead Man's kind of like, he's kind of like dazed, and he's kind of like had his hand on his head. Yeah. It just, the, the way he drew it, it just looked great, especially for that character. I mean, it's just... One of my personal favorites. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And he's done so much. Like, you can go through how many... Oh, oh, yeah. He's almost a, a House of Mystery. House of Mystery, Covers for yeah. the horror for DC. And yeah. It's just so It's just so much. It, it's the genres that he jumps, he hops to and from, and they all look great. You know, some 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 artists can't draw certain things. Yeah. Like Robin Lightfield and Feet. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things he can't draw. But yes, Feet is like, is like his, his kryptonite. 
but it's like you know some some artists can draw heroes and some can't really draw like horror or can't draw right. like a regular like yeah two non-hero people like they they can't do like life right you know like they just there's something that just just wrong and new adams would draw everything yeah from superheroes to uh um regular people hanging out on the cover horror books who some of those batman and robin covers were like uh raza ghoul and talia ghoul oh yeah i mean th- they're on horseback on the cover yeah like, i yeah. could draw animals you can draw horses the guy was just full fascinating like i could draw anything right so going back to the horror um uh, elements um another one of my favorite covers of his is tomb of dracula issue one it's got dracula holding a um be a random woman. It's yeah, like the damsel in distress. Like the he's just fed on a woman. And she's like you know knocked down. He's holding her. Right, and you see like his castle in the background. Yeah, and it's such an I- iconic horror cover. Yeah, you know, also it's a Marvel book. That, it's a Marvel book too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he did, did do Marvel. Marvel also. Yeah. So guys, just I mean Neil Adams is very synonymous with DC just because he did so much work on Batman. He did so much work on Green Lantern, Green Arrow, but he did work. For Marvel as well, yes. he did. He did covers of Tomb of Dracula. He did covers of of Uncanny X Men, Avengers. Mm-hmm. Worked on a bunch of books. Yep. Yeah, that's why he's one. He was one of the Godfathers. All the way into like I think the two thousands. Yep. Like he he would do like a page or like a backup story. And um, DC actually through the New Fifty Two line, once they started getting into the forties and the fifties issues, they had a variant month, and Neil Adams was a variant month, and he drew a cover, which was an homage to himself. For each one of the books. Yes, which that's is right. Impressive. Right. Um, one book that's very iconic that stands out in my head is Green Lantern, Green Arrow 85. For those of you guys that don't know, this is the one where Green Lantern and Green Arrow um, walk in on Speedy doing heroin yeah. on the cover. So this was regarding the comic authority. It was very adult storyline, you know, like ironically, his name was Speedy mm-hmm. <laughs> doing heroin. So. Yeah, it was on a cover. I mean, yeah, yeah it wasn't like in the story, in right. the book. It was on the cover, the needle. He had the tourniquet yeah. around his arm. It was insane. Yeah, he was ready. Yeah, he was ready. Oh, he was gonna, yeah, he was gonna have a good time that night yeah. <laughs> or die trying. So, I mean, those are just a couple of um, some of our favorites from New Island, but like we said, there's so many. Um, the other legend that passed away shortly uh, after was George Perez, Puerto Rican, Latin guy. Yep. Um, he was actually huge proponent besides being a godfather within Marvel and DC and just doing a lot of the iconic storylines. He also created the hero initiative. Yes. Mm -hmm. So George, what was the hero initiative? Um, I believe that's the one that they would raise money for, for artists that fell sick. Yes. Like they, they they couldn't work and needed help with their medical bills. Yeah, or that came into like some type of hardship. Some kind of hardship, yes. You know, some of these artists couldn't get work after a certain period of time or, you know, they just got out of the industry and then they had nothing to fall back on, so they needed, to, they, they, their life was a struggle. Yeah. So George created the Hero Initiative, him and a couple of other people. Yeah, he was one of the more. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was a, a safety net for right. creators. Well, because like, we forget, you know, we hear all these big name artists. There's a tons of artists that work out there. They're, they're not, you know, they're not big names. They might work on a couple of titles right. here and there and that's it. You know? Yeah, we usually hear about the more mainstream, like the Jim Lees, the Peach Momocos, right. you know. Well, but now they're rock stars. Yes. Now all these artists are rock stars. Back in the day, you know, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they were just artists. Yeah, They would just they pump their pages out and, you know, move on to the next one. Yeah. But even the 90s, because you had artists that just weren't Right. No, they were like workhorse artists. Like right. they they were like fill in artists, people yeah. that that would take over for someone if they got busy. Right. You know? Or even inkers. Or inkers yeah. too, yeah. 
Some people will pull double duty. Right. So someone that we're going to talk to next would do that. Or that we're talking about right now. Actually. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, yeah, so he created that. Um, another one that's worked for Marvel and DC and just created major storylines, the foundation of what the MCU basically built the last 15 years on. Oh. You know? Um, which one is that one, George? I'm sorry? The, the, what the MCU was built on. Oh, the like what's, what's built the MCU? Yeah. One of George Perez's like, big works that he never finished. That he never Infinity finished. Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet. He never finished because that was a busy man. And he was working for DC at the time that he was also doing Infinity Gauntlet. Damn. So by issue, halfway through issue four, he had to stop and walk away from Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, George Perez was known to take on a lot. Yeah. Especially so. especially at that time, late 80s, early 90s, like he was get, gaining the reputation of not finishing work because he was just taking so much on. But the guy was doing everything. But he was yeah. doing everything. I mean, you're talking everything. about a guy who... Before the Infinity Gauntlet, he had he had um like changed Wonder Woman around. He had like brought her back to prominence. Yeah. They completely reworked her and made and made her like a like a, a front facing yep. DC character. So that like iconic the cover league. with yeah. Wonder Woman one that was re released that shows Wonder Woman like in Themyscira. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that Which was a great one. The, I think CGC at one point actually did a label with the the, the bust of all the the all the, the the ladies from Themyscira. Oh yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did a a label for that. I okay. know they also did one for George Perez. Yes, that was recent. Yeah, that was oh, recent yeah, no, for did the signature a, series. They did that that one label, which was cool as hell. Yeah. But yeah, guys, he was responsible for the Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. And Thanos going crazy. He wasn't wrong. Nope. But <laughs> um, everything like that. What about you, Paul? One that reminds me a lot when I think about George Perez is the JLA Avengers. Oof, that crossover series. That crossover series. Yeah. That, that was like the last crossover series that they did. Yep. More in particular, issue three. Because issue three is a wraparound cover. Mm-hmm. And I think at one time held the record for most characters on a cover. And the story goes that while drawing the, the, the piece... He actually went temporarily blind just from focusing his vision because obviously you know, you're going to get hundreds of characters on a page. Mm-hmm. You're not going to draw them all full scale, big size. You know, some of them you have to actually look the details and see the characters, which were, you know, the size of maybe a penny. Yeah. yeah. And just focusing his vision so much, drawing that cover that he temporarily went blind. He had to take a break from, from drawing for a couple of weeks just to regain his uh, his vision, his composure back. But if you guys look at that cover, I mean, you can spend hours looking at yeah, that cover. Yeah. Characters from both from both sides. You have Marvel and DC characters in there. Yep. And like every time you look at it, you'll find a different character. And then there's also the iconic issue four. Which is the Superman. Superman holding the Captain America shield and Mjolnir. And Mjolnir, yeah. That's insane. Yep. And it's Superman like pissed. Like his eyes are like glowing. It's a really cool cover. Yep. Yeah. So the, the, all the covers in that series are, and that's are, cool are series. amazing. Issue one, I mean, just the way that the characters are looking, their oh, face, yeah. the mm-hmm. facial expressions is amazing. Yeah. One of my all-time favorites of his was Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven. Yes. Iconic cover. That's uh, Superman holding Supergirl's dead body. Right. Like, that to me, just, it was telling of the times, it was telling of the art, telling of the story. Like, you just got so much in that one detail, and it's, ma- you never had a major character die like that right. at the time. 
Oh, you had that series had two major characters. Yeah. Well, yeah, it also <laughs> issue before you had Flash die. Yeah, Barry so, Allen, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was also the death of Barry Allen, which mm-hmm. is always like, who's your Flash? Who'd you grow up with, right. Barry Allen or Wally West? So and you yeah. can see because there's a huge gap between from when Barry Allen dies to when he comes back. So people grew up with just Wally West as Flash. Well, they kept him dead for like, what thirty years. Yeah, until Flash Rebirth. Yeah, because yeah, it was in the two thousands when they brought him back, right? Yeah, in the yeah, two thousands. So there's an entire generation that, you know, Barry Allen was just, uh, you know, the one that you knew in the cartoon. Yeah. First one or whatever. I'm team Barry Allen, though. So comic-wise, I grew up Wally West. I grew but up yeah, Wally West I, because I'm of Barry the Justice Allen. League right. cartoon. Yeah. Which is funny, but... Another one that I loved, which goes into the whole crossover, he did the New Teen Titans X-Men crossover. Yes. So you had... The, it's an iconic cover. You have Robin coming at you, but he's also next to Professor X. You have the teen ta- the Titan Tower in the background, and then you have the Phoenix, and you had yes. Beast Boy. If you open it up, it had all those characters. I never read it. That's pretty good because I never I never found it anywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crossovers were more of a thing back then. Now there's too much money and intellectual property involved. Correct. That you can't. Not that you can't. It's the companies don't want to play nice with each other to do a right. fan service. Yeah, it would be cool because in the nineties, that's in the yeah in the early nineties, it was all about the crossovers. You had the Marvel versus DC. Yeah, those were fun books too. You had Amalgam Comics. Yes, where they it was did, like Spider Boy, where it was Super Boy and Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, you had a uh, um, uh, was it Batman Wolverine yes. mixed together? Yeah. Dark Claw, Dark, Dark Claw. Claw. Yeah, you had Speed Demon. It was Flash and Ghost Rider mixed yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun time. They were silly comics, but it was like a fun. It was a fun read for like kids. For the when you were collecting, like that's the kind of crap that you would talk about, like at the playground, you yeah. know, like at school. They like, also that's what we saw. Like, holy crap! Someone like read our minds and did this. Yeah. They also had the crossovers with Batman Spawn, Batman Daredevil, yeah. Batman yeah. Punisher, Superman Silver Surfer. You know, um, you had an they had an entire story arc with um, oh, what was that? What was that? Top Cow, Top Cow Marvel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did one like in the late nineties? Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the cool things in in one of those Marvel versus uh, DC crossovers was that the Infinity Gauntlet gets thrown over to the Infi- uh, to the DC universe, and Darkseid grabs it and picks it up and he puts it on and it does absolutely nothing mm-hmm. because the Infinity Gauntlet with the stones only works in the Marvel universe. Yep. You take it out of the Marvel universe, it's just a glove. Yeah. Which the funny thing is, they address that in uh, What If. Because remember that they had the the Infinity Crusher, but it wasn't designed to the ones that Ultron had. Well, they did it in What If. They did it in, yeah. uh, in right, Loki. Okay. In the comics, too, where, like, the stones only work within their own universe. Right. Yeah. So okay. even if there's a multi- another universe, they won't work in another right. one. What was the name of the clerk where he opens up his desk drawer? Well, all, the, all the paperweights. Yeah, all the paperweights where you see yeah. all the soul stones, the time stones. They're like, oh, yeah, these are all just from different dimensions. Yeah. And so, I, I thought that was something cool they brought from the comics, right? Yeah. Like they only work within its its own universe, so you can't grab one from somewhere else. And take it over, right? Yeah. I mean, just, guys, we've just hit the tip of the iceberg on all the great work that both of these artists have done. Yeah, they I mean, they did so much, and so much of their, their work influenced so many others after them. And who knows what artists were influenced by them, like the newer generations. Who knows? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, you're not going to say that none of these artists that are working in comics now have zero influence from a George Perez or from a New Adams because yeah. they'd be lying to you if they said they didn't. Yeah. Or maybe their uh, mecca is to do an homage to one of their godfather like right. artists, you know? 
Yeah, because that's gotta be that's gotta be a pretty cool thing to be asked to do. You know, like, hey, would you do an homage to like your favorite artist? Yeah, you know who I'm pretty sure was um, inspired by George Perez was uh, uh, Phil Jimenez. Yes, yeah, because a lot of his work like is re- very reminiscent of like the the '80s George Perez work from like DC. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw him, like that looks familiar. And then I saw him, like, oh, it looks like George Perez art. Yeah. yeah, you know who George Perez art. Kind of looks like two, and they were both kind of going on at the same time. Was uh, Brian Ballin? Yeah, they have a very similar kind of like form of art. You know, yeah. And um, another one that just comes to mind with the detail to the characters and all that is Stephen Platt. Yeah, with the Moon Knight covers, like just that attention to detail, like the bullets actually going through and right. shredding, like that takes time. Like if you guys ever see those covers, those are intricate covers. And if you guys have a, a chance, look up the original art. Because the actual printed cover, to me, doesn't really do it justice as when you see the original art. Well, sometimes you see more detail before the colors come on. And you right. see how, how detailed the, those sketch drawings are. Yep. Yeah. So. Or sloppy. Like if you see a, a Rob Liefeld uh, oh. uh, non-inked, non-colored, that's a, that dude is sloppy as hell. Like they really make his art look nice. Listen, you you can never have Rob Liefeld in the same conversation <laughs> as Neil Adams and George Perez. No, but it's yeah. funny because I when I remember as I got older, I'm like, hey, how come his stuff looks? You could tell when someone who worked with him before cleaned up his art. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is always. <laughs> Anyways, this isn't about Rob Liefeld. Yeah, it's never gonna be. <laughs> no, We're never gonna do a podcast. But it's about fun. Him. Just overall, like you see some artists, and when you see different inkers and and colors that work with them. Yeah. The ones that know their work well won't cover up their art. Right. Like you see in the coloring, you can still see detail. Like they, they try to preserve as much as possible. Right. So you can still see like their intricate work that they've that they've done on it. Yeah. And when they suck, you see uh, just a splash of like really thick colors and inks. <laughs> One words that were never used to describe Neil Adams or George Perez yeah. suck. Right. Like these guys were Yeah, they were legends. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Just uh Mecca's in the comic community and and yeah. there will always be legends. I mean, yeah. you know, <coughs> yeah. 50 years from now, you're going to be talking about Neil Adams and, and George Perez art. So, yeah, just like you talk about Dicko, Kirby, Stan right. Lee, Severin, like uh, Steranko, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. these guys are all legends. Some yep. still alive, you know, Steranko's still alive. So he's still alive. Yeah. And he looks like a like a like a Hollywood Gangster, from, yeah. from like from like the fifties. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's cool as shit, though. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have shit. drinks with that guy. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> You probably fucking end up doing cocaine with him and shit. Yeah. I can do this dude's got the same look. He's got, think of this dude, all right? This white hair. He always wears a coat with a turtleneck yeah. and dark glasses. Look him up, guys. Look him up. He looks like someone you see in a movie. And a wig, right? It might be a it wig. It looks like <laughs> a wig. Either, or it's a helmet hair, you know? He slops it out. Strange hair, bro. Strange hair, yeah. Strange but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a look. Yeah. So... Guys, let us know what were some of your iconic pieces or iconic covers or anything that comes to mind when you think of Neil Adams or George Perez. Um, yeah, they will be missed. So I think on that note, till next time. Rest in power. Yeah. I want to talk about George Perez. Did a lot of ink work too. Especially when he was really busy. He would just ink. <laughs>